So this evening, uh, we're going to be kicking off the series with um, a couple of sessions. <laughs> well done, Tom. It's the thought that counts. Um, okay, we're going to be kicking off with a couple of sessions from um, the wonderful Sarah and the almost as wonderful Manny Ray. Um, okay, so just to tell you a little bit about them. Um, so Sarah, I've been told, would probably win if there was a Formula One race. Um, and also, if any of you guys were lucky enough to take part in any of the events she's organized, you'll know she's fantastic at that. Um, and then Maddie Ray, um, he is an expert fisherman and an average painter. <laughs> if you guys were here yesterday, you might know what I was on about. Okay, cool. So, um, Anne-Marie's just going to open up the session in prayer before we welcome them up. Father God, we just thank you for tonight that everyone can be here, Father. Well, we just pray for the speakers tonight that we just bless them, God, that our hearts would be open and ready to receive what they have to say. We just thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So, we thought, seeing as we're talking on men and women, it wouldn't be right if we didn't start with a few offsides jokes. <laughs> and unfortunately, I think the one about the male might fall a bit short, and that's because I didn't do my, my research, but Sarah's one hopefully will be one worthy of laughing at. But anyway, there's this husband and wife, an old couple, sitting down at their couch where they've sat for so many years. And it's a special moment and the husband leans in and says, you know what, when I die, I'm going to leave absolutely everything to you. And his wife looks at him with a very puzzled look on her face and says, but you already do that. Try not to convulse, as I said. Um, <laughs> how do you know? <laughs> sorry, so against anything I would ever say. How do you know if a woman has said something intelligent? How do you guys want to know? <laughs> If she starts off with a man wants to Right off the bat, our first with you for tonight. Um, we're not actually talking about dating tonight because we think a better place to start would actually be what does it mean to be an individual person um, and then what does it mean to be male versus what it means to be female, right? Um, it's just a good foundation, starting ground. Um, so the first hope we have, um, a prayerful hope, is that you guys will experience freedom in your identity in Christ. Um, that there won't be pressure or squashing, but you'll actually be um, just released into who he's made you to be um, as a human being or as a man uh, or a woman. 
Um, and then the second one, our prayerful hope, is that you will feel a responsibility to fight for unity, love, and the edification of your brothers and sisters in Christ, right? Because that's what scripture has commissioned us to do. Um, and if we have these things in the body of believers, I thought today's sermon, I didn't know that that's what um, Paul was preaching on, but the unity, um, that kind of unity in the body of believers, in the family of Christ, um, for us to become a place of rest, a place of freedom, of comfort, of safety, um, support, encouragement, and unity for one another, that's when the church looks like the hope of the world. World, right, because we don't find that for us to truly be a family where we find rest, comfort, um, and encouragement. Um, and then Maddie is gonna um, start us off with some disclaimers <laughs> <laughs> just to cover our, our backs. <laughs> so, first off, Sarah and I are by no means experts <laughs> on what it means to be a man or a woman or a human, all right. <laughs> I think I, I think I am quite good at being human, though. <laughs> um, I think just see us as like fellow beggars searching for bread, searching for the answer, and keep that in mind. If we do stumble, it might just be because we're nervous. <laughs> and we're talking about men and women here, and what we're going to be doing is touching on very deep and complex realities and issues, and we would have... Yeah, we keep you here for years if we were to go into each little intricacy. And unfortunately, we got, we're not going to do that this evening. But I want to encourage all of you, as perfectly capable human beings, if you came here with certain questions that maybe we don't answer, to go do a bit of research yourself, or pop a question in there, or really just engage with Scripture, with the foundational truths of who Jesus is, who God is, what His character is in mind. Cool. Yeah. And then Sarah's got a few others that she'll go through. Yeah, um, we just want to acknowledge that everybody comes into this room, and I think we all need to acknowledge that, with different backgrounds, stories, experiences, different hurts, different um, encouragements. We've just all experienced life differently. Um, it doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl, right? And I think some guys might um, be coming into this environment feeling quite pressured um, of like, I can't live up to the standard that I've heard either in books, by society, through the church, whatever it is. There's that real pressure. And then women, these talks are often um, about like a consolation prize. So almost like it's not that bad who you are and you feel like a little bit squashed sometimes. Um, not every woman will feel that way, but maybe a little bit like, wow, I feel like I'm not really fitting into who I'm supposed to be. And then there's another group of people um, who might be, you might be quite passive to these issues. Um, and that's probably because you fit into a really general norm or the average or the statistic. And I want to ask you, if you're comfortable with these things, I want to ask you to get uncomfortable for the sake of your brothers and sisters in Jesus, right? Because if we do this tunnel vision thing where we think our experience is what it means to be a man and my experience is what it means to be a woman and it fits all the books and all the things you've been told, um, then you actually block people out and we don't build one another up. We kind of squish or we pressure. Um, so we just want to ask you to leave all those prejudices behind in terms of um, or just release you in the fact that that might be the case. Because um, we want to look for the heart of God in, in everything we're discussing tonight. And then the second disclaimer. <clears throat> I don't even know if this is right because I watched Shrek a long time ago. But I feel like it was like 
it's something, did the donkey say that there was an, like people are like onions or ogres or something? <laughs> ogres, and there's something about like peeling back layers, right? Yeah. Cool, so I had to develop this concept. <laughs> I've developed this concept that I think is going to be in many books, um, and I hope that you guys quote me on it. It's a new theory, and that is going to make me famous, actually. And it's called The Onion Gauge. <laughs> so, this is how I think we probably our layers, not as ogres, but as humans, okay? <laughs> so, we first, our first layer is being human and what that means. Our second layer, hopefully as believers, will be the godly man or godly woman and what that means. Then, we start to filter into not necessarily what makes you a man versus what makes you a woman, but just generalizations, averages, norms, statistics that kind of say, this is generally how a woman is. This is generally how a man is. And we have to acknowledge that those things are true. Statistically, there's an average, right? That's, that's why they exist. That's also why stereotypes exist, which is unhelpful. But it means that there's a skewed percentage towards certain things, whatever it might be, personality traits or anything. So you get that, the generalizations. You will either experience a lot of these or at least some of them. I don't think there's anyone who wouldn't fit into one typical thing about being a man or woman. But then you get the next onion layer, and that is when you see outlying things. So things that don't fit into the statistical norm or the average of what it means women are more sensitive, that's a statistic, or um, men are more competitive, you often see that, like ego-wise you're told they have a big, it's statistically true, right? But it doesn't make it absolute, it's a general truth. And that's where you're going to find yourself sometimes outlying. Now the thing is, all of these layers here, I just want to reassure you that you are okay. <laughs> that you are not being disobedient in who you are. You're not going against God's plan for your life. The only layer where you're going to enter into rebellion and sin is when you're outside of God's design. And being an outlier in certain areas doesn't make you a sinner. Okay? So if you're not fitting into a well, like I'm thinking of a common one in church might be like, the serving tea and chatting to people a lot, or women saying more words. If you're not a particularly talkative woman and you also don't know how to make tea, <laughs> it doesn't make tea. <laughs> I encourage you to learn. <laughs> to preface all of this stuff with is if you're not in the generalization of things, it doesn't make you not okay. It doesn't make you a sinner. Cool. So the sort of flow for this evening is we're going to be starting off with what it means to be a human <laughs> and then what it means to be a man and as you can see it's <laughs> anatomically correct. <laughs> Shame, I I think Sarah had a bit of a mistake there, so that isn't meant to be. <laughs> and then, what it means to be a woman. I also left off the man on that. And then we're going to come back and talk about what it means to be together. But um, I need to kick the light. <laughs> I'm going to be starting us off 
on what it means to be a human, and I think it's really important because to understand what it means to be a man or woman, we need to understand what it means to be a human and where the distinctions lie. And we're going to start off, I don't know, should I be writing on here? Or should Those I? Two okay, you guys are all right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so I think we, we've got quite a few little points which we're going to go through. If I'm not mistaken, there's six of them. And the first one and the second one sort of go hand in hand. And I think to start off with what it means to be human, a good place to start is where humans enter the picture, right? And that's in Genesis. So if you've got your Bible, you can turn there. But don't stress, it's a pretty short little... So it's Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. And this is the image we bear and our cultural mandate. And I'll sort of explain how they go hand in hand. But let me just get to it. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on earth. So, the first point, we bear the image of God. And there's no distinction there. Both men and women bear the image of God. We're both dignified and we both hold this image. And then there's the cultural mandate to be fruitful and multiply to fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Awesome. And I think we're introduced to the concept of bearing the image of God. And if you're anything like me, you're like, what does that mean? I mean, we all look vastly different. (laughs) And we're not exactly the greatest people, so can we bear the image of God? But it says it here. And what does that mean? And in Genesis, we're introduced to God, this like all-powerful creator. I mean, he speaks into nothing, this amazing earth, and he creates everything we know today. And he has such authority because he created everything. And then he brings into the world humans. He makes us. And what does he do? He gives us this cultural mandate. He gives us authority over the created order. And I think that's what it means to bear the image of God, to have authority over the created order. He gives us a mandate as rulers. And this looks like cultivating the earth. It looks like harnessing, harnessing, <laughs> harnessing the raw potential and moving creation forward. And I think we have done that in some, like we made pizzas, which are pretty great. <laughs> there's electricity, we've got lights, we can drive boats and cars. But there's also like a lot of bad stuff. And I think that happened as soon as Adam and Eve disobeyed God and took that God-given authority to serve themselves. And they took that apple. And in that, they failed to bear the image of God. And from then on, sins just entered. And we really failed to, to bear the image of God. But thankfully, someone entered the picture, and that was Jesus. And he did what we as humanity couldn't do on our own, or we could never do. He truly lived a life as the image of God. And we see that living as an image bearer means to use our authority to serve and love others no matter who or what they have done, who they are. It means to sacrificially lay your life down. And he confronted, confronted all the sin and evil we had brought into the earth, taking our rightful spot on the cross as the perfect sacrifice so through him we can bear God's image. So I think we are all dignified and we all bear the image of God, but we're also universally 
we were dead in our transgressions. Yeah. We're all we're all sinners, and I think that's something that is distinct to being human, and it's something we both share as men and women. But thankfully, through Jesus, we have access to a, a new humanity. We have the chance to to really bear the image of God, and for that, I'm going to turn to Ephesians, and it's really nice that the church has been going through Ephesians because. <laughs> If I end up butchering it, Paul can pick up the pieces. <laughs> um, but haven't you guys just enjoyed the story of Ephesians so far? The first part just so beautifully explaining the gospel and how the Trinity work together in their different ways in unity just to execute God's plan in the gospel. And as well as that, there's such unity that is brought, such humility that comes from knowing that Jesus has done it all. And then the second part is all about how the gospel informs the way we, we live and, and how we operate as humans. And so this is where we all turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. So if you've got your Bible, please go there. And we're going to be reading from 4, verse 17 to 5, verse 21. So it's quite a big chunk of scripture. And I want you guys to get into groups of four or five or just enough people around you <laughs> and yeah, with a Bible and go through that, that passage. And this is where Paul writes about what the new humanity looks like, right? This is where Paul describes how through access to Christ we, we have the chance to live this out and describes what we should look like as Christians. So get into your groups and go through this passage and find all the old ways of our old humanity and find the new positive things we should replace them with. And it's Ephesians 4 verse 17 to 5 verse 21. Cool. I'll give you four or five minutes and then call you back. <laughs> Can any group start throwing from the start some of the... The things we're called to in this new humanity. Be kind to one another. <laughs> Be kind to one another. <laughs> Righteousness. Righteousness. Uh, love. love. Mm -hmm. Don't lie. Don't lie. But instead, <laughs> forgive one another. Do good work with your hands. Yeah. yeah. But so so only speak what is good for edification that it may impart grace. So sorry for you writers. There's a lot to get to anyone else? Address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Yeah, I don't know what that looks like, but it sounds good. <laughs> Unfruitful works of darkness. Yours. So, so shed, shed light, right? Bring into the light what was dark. Worship. Worship. Yep. That's a good song. Don't act thoughtlessly. Yeah. Don't act thoughtlessly. Work. Walk circumspectly. That's a big word. I learned. Redeem the time. Be filled with the Spirit. Give thanks always. <laughs> Anyone with another one? Be constantly renewed. Yeah. So get in. Be renewed. Submit to one another. Nice, Marcus. Submit to one another. 
<laughs> so, be tender hearted. That's a nice one. <laughs> yeah. I think we've got pretty much all of them. Good job, Jim. <laughs> and I think, like, looking at that, an initial response, sorry, guys, <laughs> might be like, wow, that's overwhelming. I don't think I could ever live up to that. But I think another way of looking at it is, wow, that's, that's beautiful. And that's what we as a church are called to, and it's what we work towards. And we might never get it this side of eternity, but we're going to get there one day. And it's something we can really strive to. And it's not something we do out of a legalistic frame of mind, but something we do because of the righteousness imparted to us from Christ. And because of the what He did on the cross and the image we bear because of Him. It's something we can walk towards. <laughs> and yeah, it's just useful to have an idea of what it looks like. And we can edify each other and call each other out where we don't line up with and encourage and affirm where we do align with this. And I think, yeah, that's a bit of what it means to be a human in light of the gospel. And I'm going to hand over to Sarah now for the next few points. Actually, no, I'm not. I got the eyes from Sarah. And there's a few more passages which I'm just going to read through quickly, which will just add to this. And I think if we left them out, we'd be missing out. So 1 Corinthians 16 verse 13 Food for the stomach. <laughs> 16. <laughs> just, just. So this is a command, a final exhortation in, in Corinthians. And it says, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. And that's a call to all of us. Be on your guard, stand firm, be courageous, be strong. And we, if you just read that, you'd think, hey, that applies to men. <laughs> it's quite like affirmative, but that's to all of us. Stand firm, be strong, be courageous, do everything in love. Mm-hmm. And then Psalm 31 verse 24. See how good my Bible skills are. Mm-hmm. Psalm 31 verse 24. <laughs> be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Again, so being strong, take heart, hope in the Lord. Romans 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do not conform. To the pattern of the world but be transformed again renewing and then the last one is from James James 3 verse 13 to 17 James is a tough one okay who is wise and understanding who is wise and has understanding among you let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing there are. 
but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Such a beautiful little passage there. And so true of this world when we we see envy and self-seeking existing and there's just so much confusion and evil. Think of our countries and what happens. There'd be a different story if we didn't seek to serve ourselves but serve each other. Alrighty, Seth. I think it's now time to hand over to you. (laughs) Yeah, so I just want to echo again what we're trying to do here. And it's before we understand what it means to be a man or a woman, we have to understand what it means to be human, what we have all in common, right? And yeah, I just think that's so beautiful that James takes in wisdom in the NIV. It says like the wisdom of God, which we all call to, right? It's submissive. It's peace loving. It's considerate. It's pure. It bears fruit. It's, it's so beautiful what we call to and also what we can hold one another accountable to. So that's now we know that we bear the image of God. We are equally dignified because... I mean, it's God, (laughs) and he's let us bear his image, right? Our cultural mandate, we know that we are both rulers. We are kings and queens of creation. That's a beautiful thing. Um, And we need to be fruitful and multiply, (laughs) Um, which also means to make disciples, just to be clear. Um, so those now, so we've looked at instructions specifically. These ones are a lot to do with individuals. So what we call to as individuals, and then we see a lot of instructions towards one another. So how do we treat each other as as human beings made in the image of God? And I'm going to need a lot of help from you guys now. So um, people with Bibles, I just want you to raise your hand for you to look up the specific scriptures. So um, who's got a Bible? Matt, can you do 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11? Sure. Uh, Josh, can you do 1 Peter 4 verse 8? Estian, can you do 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4 to 8? Carl, can you do Ephesians 4 verse 1 to 3? Tomo, can you do Philippians 2 verse 3 to 4? Oh. <laughs> Can you do um, <laughs> Have you found your Okay, so guys, these are instructions to one another, right? What we all call to. Um, so 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11, what does it say? Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. Cool. So in the NIV it says, um, I'm not very smart. This language is intense for me. (laughs) Encourage one another and build one another up. It's like blow wind into the sails of your family. Then um, the 1 Peter 4 verse 8 one. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude. Love one another deeply. Then the 1 Corinthians one. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful, proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices when the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. 
is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. So if we call to love one another deeply, that's what love looks like. It's patient, it's kind, it's so many things, and it never fails. (laughs) 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 If you guys um, got some of those, it would be great. uh, Ephesians uh, keeps no record of wrongs is one that stands out to me as well. I think we really like to keep record of wrongs. Um, Ephesians 4, verse 1 to 3. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Bond of peace, humility, gentleness, unity above all. Yeah. Um, Philippians 2. Uh, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Thanks, guys. So those are the things we call to one another, and it's going to be cool to see like the holistic version of what it means to be human, right? Then the next, um, the next point we're going to look at is the spirit we are given. So we image God, and then as believers, His spirit lives within us, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so can somebody look up uh, Mark? <laughs> Um, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 tells us a bit about the spirit that we've been given. And then one other person. Cool. One other person. Cool. Um, uh, the Galatians 5 verse 22 to 23. The spirit we are given. Okay, no worries. Um, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. For God did not give us a spirit of humility, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Awesome. A spirit of power, love, and self-discipline for all humans. And then Galatians. But the spirit, oh sorry, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Name <laughs> such things, there is no more. Get right free. Perfect. <laughs> cool. So that is the um, the spirit we've been given. One, it's one of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. We know the song. And of power, love, and a sound mind, or a self uh, self-discipline. Then there is gifting. So in this context, we're speaking specifically about spiritual gifting. These are the ones. We're not going to look them up. But there is administer. We find these, if you want to look them up at a later stage, in Romans 12, Ephesians 4, and Corinthians 12. And those spiritual gifts are, or gifts listed in the Bible, is administration or ruling, apostleship or pioneering, discernment, encouragement or exhorting, evangelism, faith, giving, 
hospitality, knowledge, leadership, pastoring or shepherding, prophecy or perceiving, teaching, serving or ministry, mercy and wisdom. And there is not a single one assigned to the gender of either a man or a woman. Then the next thing is personality, tendencies, and talents. Okay, so we're not talking about the character or the essence of a human here. We're talking about general tendencies. And I'd like to give out a few, not give out a few, I'd love for you guys to give me a few. What are like either talents or tendencies that a human being can have? And probably in your mind, you'll find a lot of them you would attribute to one gender. But that's the point for us to see those as these kind of generalizations and outliers. So I'll give one. I'll say uh, sensitivity. You can raise your hand if you've got one. Competitiveness. Competitiveness. <laughs> it's clearly for men. <laughs> Stubbornness. 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 Cool. Um, what about empathy? Empathy is a great one. Uh, maybe things like uh, public speaking. <laughs> no, I think that's pretty cool. Enjoying action movies. <laughs> or enjoying rom coms. <laughs> um, good at driving is one that comes to mind. That we have a. Enjoys Career focused is another one that could be good. Do you guys have any other ones that come to mind? Sporty. Sporty. Nurturing. Nurturing. <laughs> Business minded. It's a great one. Sorry? Creativity. Creativity, excellent one. Kindness. Kindness. Intelligence. Intelligence. It's a great one, guys. <laughs> Even statistically, there's no difference in a well, race or gender. They can't find any anything such as that, and you don't find it in the Bible either. So in all those things that we've mentioned, right? Um, the personalities and tendencies thing that we're trying to highlight there is that that falls into the holistic what a human can be. So just like the gifts, it's not that everybody has all of them. It's just that they are distributed by God and how he's designed you as a human being, not necessarily how he's designed you as a man or as a woman, right? Um, and my challenge to you is in response to these norms, do you think that we do the things in terms of our instructions for one another and our instructions for ourselves, do we build one another up or do we actually use those kind of tendencies to break one another down? Okay, so if you find that a girl is incredibly sporty or a guy is really, really uncoordinated, are we using those things like you throw like a girl when actually that doesn't mean anything biblically or imaging as a human um, or are we using things to build one another up does that make sense mm -hmm. so I just want to challenge you guys in those things when we look at them as a human do we do the things um, that we're supposed to do for one another to love deeply to be submissive gentle and considerate and now 
da, da, da. There's an intermission. <laughs> yeah. Alright, um, that was part one, and there's new settings up in part two. Um, so yeah, we're going to have a 10 to 15 minute break. I've been told that there's been a sighting of muffins upstairs. Um, and, and also um, some...